out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, in this fourth episode of Meet Me in the Field's journey into COVID-19 lockdown, we hear from four of my friends whom I see to be spiritual. We hear from Julie and Michael in America, and from Mandy and Marba on two opposite sides of the peninsula in the Western Cape province of South Africa. I heard something interesting in this group of interviews, and maybe it relates to the fluidity of the term spirituality. Let's see if you pick up on it too, and we'll check in on it afterwards. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life for Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop, which is www.freddyshop.co.za. This is the spiritual position. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Julie is our first guest and was the psychic of 12 December 2019. She is an entrepreneur, investor, author, podcast host, psychic and medical intuitive. Look her up on her website which is www.askjulieryan.com to get to know her better. She is a vastly interesting, multi-talented and quite fascinating being. I'm currently reading her book Angelic Attendance. What really happens as we transition from this life into the next? She also wrote a children's book called Angel Messages for Kids. Both are available on Amazon and are definitely worth a read. Let's hear what Julie has to say. Julie, good, well, it's good evening with me and good good day with you. Good morning. It's good 11 a.m. <laughs> good, good morning with you. You are in America. Where in America are you? I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, which ah. is the southern part of the U.S., down near the coast of, of uh, the Gulf Coast, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And so I'm next to Georgia and Florida. Florida has a panhandle yes. that comes out. You know, it's kinda, if you're looking at a map of the U.S., the top part of Florida turns left and goes a little ways, and then it hooks into Alabama. So that's right. Okay. I am. Oh, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you very much for taking time on a set on your Saturday morning to chat to me and to chat to me about a not so very nice topic. We are talking about the, the virus, the big, the big V nineteen, so, the COVID nineteen. How have you been affected by what's been happening in this mad thing that's going on in the world? Personally, my husband and I have not been affected much at all because we both work from home. Awesome. So our lives really aren't that different. We don't go out to restaurants as much, but we do carry out at restaurants, primarily to support the restaurants. Awesome. During this time because they're losing money. Yes. Because they can't have people inside. But other than that, really not that differently. A couple of trips have been canceled or postponed. But other than that, Freddie, we're, we're pretty much just normal, doing normal. I go out, I take my walks in the morning. The sunshine is really helpful. We know it's a natural disinfectant for yeah. virus and bacteria. And so I, I go out and the weather's wonderful here. Mm. So I'm fortunate with that. Our lives really haven't changed that much. It's been interesting to watch it all unfold around yes. the world. And certainly I have compassion for people who've lost a loved one. And I believe that a, a big percentage of those people who've lost a loved one, the loved one had in the statistics show the loved one had other medical conditions yeah. going on. Certainly there are a handful of people who died from the COVID itself 
but in most instances, it's somebody that had another situation going on health-wise, and then this perhaps helped them transition. Yeah. I thought about you so, so, so often since, since this started, talking about the, the, the helping to transition, because it never occurred to me until a friend of mine did a post on somewhere on social media about keep in mind that this person is not with his loved ones when they pass away. And he started to wonder, oh my God, that's awful. And then obviously I thought about you. So tell, the, tell my listeners why I thought about you. <laughs> well, I have come up with what I call the 12 phases of transition, as you know, Freddie. And it's how we're all surrounded by deceased loved ones and angels when we transition. Nobody dies alone. And there's a configuration that we all go through as we're dying. I call, like I said, I call the 12 phases of transition. And whether somebody dies instantly, like in a suicide or a homicide, or whether they die over days, weeks, months, we're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones, even deceased pets, spirits are there. And we go through these different configurations of how they're positioned around us. And remember, there's no time in the spirit world Time is a human concoction. And if you remember that, somebody who's dying instantly is going to be the same as somebody who's dying over days, weeks, months, years in the spirit world, yeah. right? But I can scan somebody anywhere in the world, and in my mind's eye, I see this configuration. I wrote this book called Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens As We Transition From This Life Into the Next. Awesome. And in it, it has diagrams, let me find one, like diagrams that talk about what the different phases are. And you can find them on my website, AskJulieRyan.com. Awesome. A link will be uh, put on the chat and also to the book on Amazon and everywhere. Right. So have you been busier as a medical intuitive with people calling and saying, am I sick? Do I have the virus? What's going on with me? And have you been feeling more pressurized with the virus in terms of your profession? Certainly, I've had some people call and say, or text me or email and say, I, I believe I've been exposed. Do I have it? Does my elderly parent have it? Very small percentage of the time, though, Freddie. It's been okay. really interesting. My schedule is, I'm normally booked out about six weeks. And I normally will do four or five private consults a day with people all over the world. And I can scan anybody anywhere in the world. And in my mind's eye, I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, spiral infections, infections, whatever. And then I watch energetic healings happen. And the, I would say maybe 2% is all of people. I also do a a weekly podcast. That's a call in show. I've listened to and, that one. And I really thought a lot of people would be calling in wanting to know yeah. if they have been exposed. Do they have the virus? How are they doing? Or asking me to scan loved ones. Again, maybe 1%. Wow. Really small, really small percentage. The, the other thing that's interesting is I teach a class four times a year. And I limit it to 12 people from around the world. you got to speak English because that's the only language I speak. Typical <laughs> American, right? You know, the other cultures like the Europeans. Gosh, I was talking to a woman yesterday that spoke seven languages. I was like, oh my God, I can speak seven dialects of English maybe, but I can't speak seven languages. So anyways, but I teach a class and it's been interesting because in the class, people learn to communicate with spirit and then they can take it anywhere they want. They can do medical intuitive stuff. They can talk to their deceased loved ones, they can scan pets, they can do past life stuff, whatever. And it hasn't really even come up in the class. So I think the media, of course, is all about it because that gets clicks and it gets eyeballs watching it, you know, (laughs) clicks to the websites. And we're all hardwired for fear and so when we're hardwired for fear, we automatically look for that saber-toothed tiger that's coming around the corner to eat us yeah. for breakfast, right? But when we can differentiate between rational and irrational fear, rational fear is something's going to kill me right now, 
I better change the conditions. Yeah. Irrational fear is everything else, and it's false. We make it up. Yes. Before I forget, because I'm afraid we might not naturally go there, is you also wrote a children's book. I did. Tell us, tell us about that. It's for kids. Yes. And it's really it's beautiful. It's so, you and I both love children's books, I know. Yes. <laughs> but in the, it's so in, cute. In the children's books, let me show you my favorite page. And it talks about how when we lose a loved one, look at this little girl. She oh. just the cutest thing. When we lose a loved oh, one. Beautiful. Uh, children, and we think children aren't paying attention to this COVID thing. Of course they are. The news is on, they're home from school, mom and dad are talking about it or, you know, whomever is in their families talking about it, whoever, you know, loves and takes care of them, whatever that family configuration is. If, even if they're not talking about it, they're absorbing it. So this book has been so helpful to children during this COVID time. And this one has too for their adults. Yeah. But this helps parents too because it lets them know that, when somebody dies, their spirit is still around and they can communicate with their spirit. Mm. And all of us have the ability to communicate, Freddie. And little children haven't, most of them are able to until they're told by a parent exactly. or a teacher, oh, honey, that's just your imagination. You're not really seeing that uh, person or you're not really able to communicate with that person. And, and then they, they we stuff that up for them. <laughs> they just trust their natural abilities. So oh. what this book does is it talks to them about, hey, you're a spirit and you have a body and they're all together. And when somebody dies, you know, among other things, obviously, yeah. but what's in there is when somebody dies, their, their body dies, but their spirit is still alive and you can talk with them. Awesome. And the stories that I'm getting in the form of emails from moms about how oh, sweet changed their child's life and change the parent's perspective yeah. even. Can I tell you a quick story that I yes. just got like one mom emailed me and she said, this, this angel messages for kids book changed my life. I'm thinking, okay. And she said, I have a two year old son and he was not sleeping through the night. So I bought your book. We read it the first time. And I said, honey, if you wake up in the middle of the night, just talk to your angels. And she said, since that time, we read the book every night. We've had the book now for several months. We read the book every night before we go to bed. And I said, honey, talk to your angels. If you wake up, she said, the child hasn't woken up. Oh, my word. We got the book. And then there's another mom that told me that she had to buy two books because her daughter wouldn't leave the house without it. So she had to put it in the bag, <laughs> you know, all the snacks and stuff. Oh, sweet. It's like the diaper bag, but yeah. for an older <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. That's yeah. awesome. And then, as, as I indicated before, this is going to be a short chat. It's not our normal chat. So I want to end with my last question to you, and that is, what do you think the world's going to look like after this? Are we going to see a new consciousness arising or what? Oh, I think we absolutely, but I think we always see new consciousness arising. And and what I'm seeing is that so many amazing things are happening as a result of this. The ingenuity of, that people have, the ingenuity that businesses have, our governments have, have done amazing things to help prepare here in the United States. There was a hospital in the middle of, of Central Park built with 2,500 beds in four days. How do, you, how do you do that? In the middle of London, they built a hospital, the Nightingale Hospital, with 4,000 beds wow. in a week. I mean, the ingenuity is so amazing. The companies that have, have stepped up to the plate to make ventilators or hand sanitizer or whatever. When I go out, I find, at least here where I live, people are smiling. People are, are so grateful to be able to go to the grocery store and buy food, and they don't mind waiting in a line to get in. Yeah. Everybody seems to be more in sync with each other. The other thing that I think is really interesting about all this, Freddie, is think about all the times in our lives we said, I wish I had more time to spend with my family. I wish I had more time to read a book. I wish I had more time to pick up this craft or clean out a closet or whatever. Well, guess to what? To all learn that language. Wishes, yeah. All of our <laughs> wishes are being granted, yeah. right? 
And I believe that the world economy is going to bounce back. And I believe that everything unfolds perfectly in our lives. And we can choose to be a victim or choose to be a creator. And it's all unfolding perfectly. And I choose to be a creator. Yes, I'm with you on that one. (laughs) Totally so. Hence our chat. I like what you said. I really do like what you said. It's seeing the positive coming out of you. And that's what I like. I really do. So I'm going to end the recording, but I want to have a quick chat with you after the recording. Thank you very much for this and don't go away. Our second guest of this episode, Mandy, is the Buddhist from episode 18 of 11 January 2018. Mandy has been a dear friend for a long time. She went through a most horrific ordeal of suddenly going blind. In this COVID-19 special, Mandy takes us on this journey from blindness to starting a new venture during lockdown. Mandy gives meaning to a blindness journey through her Eyes to Eyes NGO, of which I am a director. We are trying to raise funds for a confocal microscope or two for the Western Cape, raise awareness to cornea transplants and contribute to the distribution of scleral lenses. Not only is this a truly inspirational effort, but Mandy also added a whole new flower range to her Sunday Girls Studio offering. Please click on the links supplied and help us to make the world a better and more beautiful place to behold. This is Mandy's story. Enjoy. Mandy, good morning. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm good. Thank you, Fred. And you? I'm cool. Thank you very much. I just finished my personal training session online. So I'm a little bit talking to you. At least you can't smell me. So that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Thank God Zoom hasn't added the smelling function yet. (laughs) That's a huge relief. I'm very impressed, though, that you've done your training. I have done zip and I have to do a yoga class later. I employed a personal trainer. Which yeah. Is, yeah, which is online. I see him four times a week and it's absolutely amazing. I've finished my third week today and didn't realize that I can enjoy it that much because he's just doing working with your own body weight. It's weird because you look at the exercise and think, but just kind of standing, swinging your arms around like this surely is not going to help. But come with a third yeah. plate, then it's bloody sore. And the next morning, you, you know you've done something because the way he does the exercises, he targets very specific muscles. And you make sure yeah. that you do it correctly. So um, the right muscles are working at the right intensity. I'm really enjoying it. And, That's um, phenomenal. I was um, doing yoga with Michelle on, um, on Zoom, and it was good because it was, it was you know, a routine. But my routine's mm. been thrown a little bit by my new venture with the flowers. So... Which I'm very I need excited to get my to discipline do. back in in the evenings and do yeah. yeah and I see so, you are truly a unique individual. Other well, people, thank you. We all are. <laughs> no, you you are differently unique. <laughs> you used lockdown to create a whole new business for yourself. How the hell do you manage to do that, God? <laughs> because well, it had been coming for a while. You know, I mean, I'd I'd had this this inspiration for flowers in December when I started posting Christmas greetings. Um, oh, yes, you're right. Flowers, and I got such amazing responses from people and people asking me whether they could order oh, wow. what I'd posted on Instagram, where in fact all I was doing was, you know, was communicating season's greetings and things yeah. with people. It got me thinking that maybe there was a market so it had been playing around in my mind, and, I, and I'm very fortunate in that I have a friend who is in the flower business. Okay. Um, and has been for a long time. So she's got a lot of experience. She shared all of her contacts with me in terms oh. of sourcing product. So I had put all of that into play. And, uh, yeah, I was kind of stumped when lockdown was announced because – I bought my buckets. That was the big thing to go and buy my buckets. <laughs> what is a girl without a bucket, I say? <laughs> yeah, I bought my buckets. And then, I, you know, two days later, there was this announcement that we yeah. were going into hectic lockdown. So I was, oh, okay, now what? But I just kept going with updating the website and getting my prices in and signing all the agreements and contracts with people. Awesome. And so, yeah. 
signed up for this course that I told you about, yeah. certification online, and took a few chances with asking people who I didn't even know. Yeah. Help me with we, we spoke for very long before we started recording. And the one thing I still mm -hmm. wanted to reflect back to you was one thing that I've learned, Mandy, is that what do we have to lose by asking? You've always said that to me. And, and that's what I'm hearing, hearing you doing is, is yeah. you just kind of, you get an idea and you pick up the phone and you ask. And how many people have said no to you so far? No, in fact, yeah, hardly anybody. Yeah. And I have experienced in, in lockdown, I think I've experienced there's been a generosity of spirit that's come through, which I hope becomes the new normal for people. Mm. I think it's been a time where people have realized that we need to all work together and help each other and yeah. not fear this, um, you know, somebody else getting ahead and doing better. Yeah. Um, so I've had a strong sense of people being a lot more gentle in how they engage with people and more open to entertaining different ideas and thoughts and things. Yeah. But, you know, just going back a step to the, to the buckets, what was quite classic is, as you know, um, being my fellow eye warrior, <laughs> I got, yeah, I yeah. got my sterile lens fitted two days before lockdown. Oh, wow. So I was actually up the West Coast in Grotto Bay because my doctor is out in the northern suburbs. Yeah. So, I'd had the lens fitted. So lockdown has been this whole new world for me. I've had, I've been, you know, able to see for the first wow. time in a very, very long time. Do you now and have lenses in, in, in both eyes, Mandy? No, 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 just one. So, so the, my right eye has still only got 10% vision. Okay. So I'm learning to work with, with just the left eye. Okay. It's, it's sufficient vision that I can drive again. So oh, wow. Yeah, because that was a terrible constraint to, to your whole yes. life is the fact that you just yeah. couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. For the guests who don't know Mandy's story, when Mandy was on the podcast a while ago, she had perfect vision. And then in 2018, December 2018, within kind of like a 16-day period, Mandy went from having sore eyes to going blind, which was obviously a very traumatic experience. But if you want to know more about that, go to www.eyes2eyes.org.za I have joined Mandy in her quest to give meaning to her sudden blindness and her journey to seeing again in forming a, a non-profit organization called eyes to eyes and we're going to try and get money to get a confocal microscope for for the Western Cape or Confoc of Microscopes and bring a lot of awareness to um, cornea transplants. And there's a third thing that I can't remember the name of now. It's, uh, yeah, getting sterile contact lenses for uh, indigent, the indigent population yeah. who can't afford yeah. sterile's post-cornea transplants. Because um, that, that was saved your life, or it was at this lens now. That's what's giving you the... the, the yeah, the so my, my cornea transplants were successful but they didn't give me the vision. I mean, basically, the bacteria which I got ate my corneas, for those who are listening. Which is a very, very painful, painful process. <laughs> very, very painful <laughs> if, if they could process. eat quietly without the pain, it would have been okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, God, you were in pain when we saw you? Oh, my word. Yeah, it was mm. horrendous pain. So they needed to be replaced, and I was very fortunate to get two donor corneas from America. But, yeah, I've needed the lens. I need the scleral lenses to boost um, or to give me proper vision. Without them, I can't see. Yeah. So I still have – I'm allowed to wear them for between 8 and 10 hours. And after that, I go back to my plus twos and my magnifying glass. So it's wow. been a hell of an adjustment. But my point was that during lockdown, this sort of this world opened up for me, you know, where I could actually see things again. I could see uh, – when I was out walking, I could see – the beaks of the little birds that I'd been looking at from afar and seeing as a big blob. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, That's amazing. And I could see more to, to work. So I was able to get stuck into my website and get going with the new business venture. What I find lovely is this, you get your vision and now you work with these beautiful flowers and all these beautiful colors and you're creating these beautiful things, which is, which is so yeah. exciting. So yeah. The flowers, you create bunches, but not like yes. big, heavy bunches, kind of very 
beautiful free-flowing yeah i kind of trying to do really free-flowing natural bunches and allow mm. the flowers to to sit as they want to sit there's a technique for hand tying bouquets basically you're supposed to be grouping them so that if you took the bouquet once it's tied it could stand on its own if you imagined the stems splayed oh, wow. out slightly at the bottom they would stand on a flat surface yeah cool. you know perfectly so that's the end goal but yeah i just i source them from local farmers and group them together um depending on what's available with different foliage and then i use my beautiful ribbons which i've always had for sunday girl to finish them off oh, i love um, ribbons I've always yeah, had a feeling for I, I don't know why. <laughs> I also love them. But I love it's the a, It's so gay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like all the plastic ribbons. And, no. You know, the old ribbons that you used to. No, real, real material. Out of. Yeah. I like grass, grow grain and um, linen ribbons. And, oh, awesome. Um, and I'm using brown paper rather than plastic to try and have the green factor in yeah, two flowers awesome. there's way too much plastic that gets used in floristry in my opinion. very very true so yeah it needs to be sustainable as well it's so wonderful it, it, it's really so weird to, to to meet somebody who who during lockdown kind of just created this thing <laughs> and it, <laughs> it, it's really fabulous it, it, it's so in, inspirational to hear so am i correct if i say that because of the blindness and the living on your own anyway, the, the lockdown didn't really affect you in, in, in a way that, other, that it affected other people that I can't leave my house because you couldn't leave your house before that anyway, really. Or, 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 yeah. Or, or, really, did it really it was, affect I, you? I've been living in, in isolation for a long time. I mean, I literally had been in lockdown um, yeah. since December 2018. So it wasn't a huge change in my life. In fact, it was a positive change because I physically could see. So yeah. I could suddenly experience beautiful views. I could see the sunsets from home. I could potter in the garden and see what I was actually doing um, <laughs> and not fumble around. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a terribly difficult thing. I got used to, I'd, I'd always had to order things directly and have them delivered. Um, yeah. So I was kind of into that swing of things anyway yeah but i was then chomping at the bit to get out because suddenly i could see and suddenly i wanted to of course, get yeah. out see more of the world so i i love that i've loved the three hours of exercise that we've been given we won't get into my opinion on lockdown that's it <laughs> no, this, is, this is this is not the purpose for 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 the podcast no. let's, let's not go no. here but i think that no. there's one entity in your house that loves the three hours exercise more and that is your golden retriever dog ben ben, yes. is, ben is my unofficial boyfriend <laughs> that, that my husband approves of <laughs> yeah let me tell you it's six o'clock in the morning it's pitch dark now but when i go into the lounge he is trying to climb out of the glass door i mean he's so firmly pressed up against it waiting to to oh. get out it is actually too dark to go at six o'clock now so we go yeah. a little bit later but yeah, at least he yeah. can go, which was was oh, yeah. not easy for him though. That that it's three weeks. Or... Quite strange because he won't uh, go on to the beach or he won't go into the sea on his own. So I take him down to the normal spot where we normally walk on the beach. Yeah. And say, you know, go for it, go go running, go swimming, do yeah. what you want to do. He he gets halfway down and then he turns around and looks at me as if just, yeah. I'm not doing this on my own. Yeah. Because he went so, to, he used to go, but fuck. I mean, he was, he was insane. Yeah, he won't go down, down there on his own. That's um, weird. A oh, shame. Obviously, got the message from the police that, <laughs> that surfers and dogs <laughs> aren't allowed in water. <laughs> but he does, he goes down, yeah, he goes down a little slipway. I, we take him there, and my neighbor and I take him down and awesome. toss kelp and balls and things. Yeah. I still grill when I see him eating that kelp the way he does. Ooh. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. We, we kind of lightly touched, touched on it, but do you see lockdown bringing a new world to us? Very when, definitely. Very, very definitely. I think some. that there's a massive, massive movement towards 
higher consciousness. I think it's been a time for people to really dig deep, reflect on what their values are, reflect on how they want to be in the world. And I really hope that going forward, we're able to embed that into our psyche yeah. and continue with that. I think there's been a huge amount of, call it spiritual growth, call it whatever you want to do, want to call it. Yeah, I think it's it's had a, a big impact on on the world, not just from an environmental point of view, but from a from a yeah a soul searching point of view. Mm. And you know, in the past, it's sort of been easy to say, well, I not easy to say, but it's been you know, you meditate and you do your yoga and you whatever. But I think now there's almost like this deep commitment to energetically keeping yeah. this going so that we have a better place. We, we, we live better lives and we yeah, really like live into those principles that we like talking about, but yeah. sometimes yeah. don't necessarily practice. Um, it, it's now a kind of put your money where your mouth is, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was lucky in that I, I got an invitation to do a 21-day meditation course from my kinesiologist and ah. At the time, I was like, no, 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 I don't like these because at some point <laughs> you get told you've got to create your own group and it's not my thing. Yeah. But I did it and it was phenomenal. It was just, yeah, it was really, really awesome. incredible, incredible experience. And um, then I've just tuned into a lot of different, I found a lot of new interesting people to follow. I'm determined to let go of the fear factor in my life. Absolutely. I think for a long time I've put a ceiling on or limited my limited my growth in business and in my personal life because of, of fear, of fear, no. whether it's a fear of failure or a fear of showing up. Um, yes. And so I've done a lot of work around that. Um, awesome. So, yeah. Fear is a thief. It robs of a life well lived. Yeah. We, I'm reading this amazing book at the moment called um, 50 Ways to Worry Less Now by Gigi Langer. Okay. And she talks about the whispered lies, that whispered lie of you're not worthy of asking. And that's nonsense. That's the, really the one thing that I've learned is kind of, I have nothing to lose by asking. The person yeah. can say no and I can move on and ask another one. Yeah, and but, I think also nothing to lose by being bold, you know. Oh. There's, there's no reason we shouldn't be bold. and um, follow our. One of the women that I follow is a woman who does a um, hashtag on Instagram, I think is Grace's Notes and on Facebook, and she speaks about trusting your innate wisdom. You know, yeah. if you really are stuck with something, just keep asking. Um, yeah, because the answers lie within you. Um, yes, absolutely. And you have to be still to hear them. Don't um, do so. It's stuck into this vortex of how do I do this? And for me, it's about perfection. We, I, we chatted earlier about my, mm. my need to have everything perfectly done and perfectly controlled. And with this new flower venture, I haven't been able to be perfect. I've had to actually um, just go with the flow. Yeah. Especially yeah. in lockdown because there's nobody to stand next to me and say, well, no, you do it this way or you do it that way. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, often that perfection stands in the way of us, of us growing and making mistakes and totally so. getting totally back on the horse and, you know, yeah, um, going going forward. And the interesting thing is, and I find it so so fascinating, especially when I talk to people doing creative work. So many of people creating are also perfectionists, and in art, there is nothing like perfection. What does perfection look like in art? What 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 does a perfect bunch of flowers look like? There isn't there isn't something like that. A beautiful bunch of flowers is a perfect bunch of flowers. If if there is something like that. I think it comes from us following masters of the trade, you know. So if we, if I look at, if I look at some of the guys that, and women that I'm following who are in, have been in the floral industry for years and years and years, and I see how they put things together and the techniques, and they talk about balance and 
function and form and all of that comes into flowers. And I see what they create and I think, mm. oh my goodness, if only I could make something that looks so exquisite. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the sort of the, yeah, the wooden spoon comes in that says you're not perfect and you're yeah. not doing it the right way. Well, there isn't actually no right way, as you say. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the right way is when you look at the end product and your soul tells you this is beautiful. If, yeah. if your soul connects with that product, then, then, you've, then you've done a bloody old marvelous job. Or if the person one of my great buys friends, it says this is lovely, then, then you've, you've created it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've had some great, actually some wonderful messages back from people who've, who've bought flowers. Um, and they've been so... Yeah, complimentary and thankful for what they've received. But one of my good friends said to me when I started this, um, sort of the first day when I'd ordered all these flowers and these masses of flowers arrived, and I was, oh my God, now what? I've got to get going with this. <laughs> and she said, just before you start, just stand in front of those flowers and really just ground yourself and center yourself and. Think of your intention with what you want to achieve with these flowers. You know, what, what are you trying to, what's the message you want to get out there with them? And she said, just remember to call on your mum because my mum was a great lover of flowers and oh, she, was cool. a, she, she could arrange flowers in her sleep. She had a very definite style, which didn't really resonate with me, yeah. but she had a vast amount of knowledge and you know, she just said to me, just, you know, call on your mom. She'll be there awesome, with you. Yeah. And call on your granny because she was also a great flower, flower lover. Yeah. And, uh, and have those, those, that presence with you. Um, so I switch my music on and I try and make it as gentle as possible. I just, and if I'm getting a bit um, tired or uninspired, then I put some really wild dance music on and Ben and I have a little dance round. Yes. <laughs> we'll um, get our energy going and yeah. then we start again. So, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I've not seen one photo of what you've done that I didn't like. So, you go. Well, yeah. I wish you were closer and I could could (laughs) give you a huge big bunch of Yes. But unfortunately, we're on complete different ends of the peninsula. But, Mance, this was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for the time and for your energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep on doing what you're doing. And hopefully one of these days, Joaquin, I will be able to come and spend a weekend in Komiki. Yes. Maybe maybe one day. (laughs) It's going to be soon. Let's just put that out there. It's going to be soon. Let's hope so. Awesome. Babes, thank you so very much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye-bye. Next in line is my good friend and fellow podcast host, Marva. He is the doer of things of episode 68, which went live on 20 December 2018. Marva is the host of his own podcast, Talking Orangutans, where he just chats to people whom he finds interesting. Please, please, please look out for Marva and my combined podcast called Orangutans in the Field, where we talk to each other about general life stuff and mostly how it impacts our mental health issues. I reckon you can call it a mental health podcast. It is due to be launched in the next couple of days. Watch out for that one. This is Marva. Enjoy. Fantastic. How are you, Mr. Phillips? I'm actually also quite good. I'm having a wonderful Saturday. Been busy, busy, busy today. Even had my personal training sessions. So I'm feeling all and sweetie, I haven't had time to shower yet, so um, excuse the smell. (laughs) (laughs) At least the positive side about this is that we're not at the level where I actually sweat yet. I finished a two-week kind of introductory phase where all we did was kind of get the muscles used to, to the fact that they're starting to move. So it was quite nice. So, Marva, I... I'm very grateful that you agreed to talk to me for Meet Me in the Field. What I want to know from you, Marva, is we are on day 43 of lockdown. How are you doing? How how has lockdown touched your life? 
Yeah, so day 43 is, uh, for you, is day 60-something for me because uh, I started uh, uh, becoming like a little scared tortoise a few weeks prior to that just because um, my wife, uh, I don't know, it, it's been uh, over 60 days that I've basically been in the house oh, and um, I'm, actually doing, I've, I'm actually doing the best right now than what I have in a while and the only reason is that I'm busy and I have some purpose and the change has been that uh, my wife and I both basically went bankrupt with this whole thing where we both work in tourism. She works as a waitress and I work in a hospitality school and that does not exist and uh, it probably will not exist and we haven't had any two months so we finally reached a point where we had to tell landlord like dude like we can't pay rent cost may we've slowly been drifting towards that and then i've started advertising that i provide online english teaching and within a space of like three weeks i have something like 12 hours coming this wow. uh, week uh, and i've had something like 10 hours this last week and it seems that the momentum is just generating so Knowing Ooh. that there's money, knowing that there's, it's not going to be all doom and gloom. And also the fact that uh, I'm so respected in Poland, you know, like it's so weird that in South Africa uh, with the affirmative action, with the employment equity, with uh, a lot of businesses, with the BE status, there's a lot of roots in Africa where I feel like uh, this is not designed for me. And then I reach out to my European connections and they're like, Jesus Christ, dude, we just we would love to have you on board again. And it's weird how <laughs> just keep getting some sort of affirmation where, fuck, we would move mountain and hell to get you back on board. Where here it's yeah. like... You know, it, it, it's just such a weird feeling. So, one, it's great to know that there's income. Two, it's great to know that I left a lasting and good impression more than yeah. six years ago, and those people remember me and want me on board. So, I'm feeling very good today. My podcast is doing well. Our podcast is doing well, and uh, just being <laughs> busy is fantastic. Awesome. That is really, really good. I'm so happy to hear that. So, during the, the whole realizing that lockdown and the COVID virus is actually fucking your life up. What, what, what went, what happened for you emotionally, spiritually, physically? Uh, it's a bit of a roller coaster. I think physically I did really well during lockdown in the sense of uh, I'm resting enough. There's certain stresses eliminated out of my life. So, and this whole discussion these days regarding physical health is about uh, avoiding inflammation and activities and foods that cause inflammation. So I think um, just being at the house, having enough time to cook, I'm just cooking healthy. So I started losing weight and started sleeping more. And because they, it's not possible to stress about work because it doesn't exist anymore. Like initially, I became healthier. I lost weight. Uh, I had enough time to train. And then a couple of weeks ago, my brother nearly died in a oil fire in his Whoa, fucking kitchen. And then that was hectic. That, that triggered, yeah. So that triggered me where, um, I don't know, like uh, just because of a lot of stress and stuff, then it was really difficult to be locked in the house and not being allowed to exercise. And the one time I went outside just to like stretch my legs, somebody called the police. And then uh, I was just like, Jesus serious? Christ, guys, like serious. Yeah, like one of the neighbors or someone called uh, uh, the police saying like this guy's doing squats on the park in front of our house uh, while it's raining and no one's outside. Like, And then the police actually showed up where fucking a few months prior to that when I was in the neighborhood and someone's being beaten to death and I'm trying to help out and I phoned the police four times. They never showed up. But when someone's doing squats... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> fucked up. So um, the the thing is, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Like initially, it was great to to have time for my wife because we live such busy lives, and we both have this wonderful ability to get caught up with things around us. So if we, you know, if we spend time with friends or we 
busy with certain projects like we really get passionate and involved and energetic about it it's, it's just sometimes difficult to detach from those projects when you get home and then if your schedules are not aligned where i work during the day she works in the night so it was great initially to have time for each other connect with our spirits and i'm like fuck that's why i married you you know because uh-huh. i really like you and then Four weeks in, it's like, Jesus Christ, you're driving me up the fucking wall and blah, 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 blah. And then, <laughs> and then you're slowly going bankrupt and then you have idiot friends that are like, gee whiz, you know, life is so hard and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you're still earning a full fucking salary and your company is not looking like they're actually going down. It's like, can you just have a little bit of compassion for the people that are actually not having income and that soon, meaning me or us, in three months, we literally do not have money for food. You know, and you're complaining that your favorite fucking shop isn't open for pizza. So I also realized during the lockdown, (laughs) the big thing I realized out of the lockdown is I have this life where sometimes if I want to be entertained or not entertained, but if I want to feel better, I need to introduce new stimuli into my life to make me feel better. So go do an activity, uh, go do exercise, go to the cinema, spend time with my wife, blah, 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 blah. And that's going to make me feel better. Go to a meeting, uh, do some step work. And what the lockdown has uh, taught me is cut out certain stimuli and you will feel better about yourself. So I don't see selfish people in the streets uh, every day. I don't see cars not abiding by the rules and behaving no. selfishly. I don't see police like not doing their job. I don't see politicians' decisions influencing my neighborhood and just not hanging out with people that I actually shouldn't really be interacting makes me feel so much better about myself. And the more simple my life is, there is some sort of weird connection with being happier. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Very, very true. I always love the way you, you look at life, kind of, you know, <laughs> the, the, just the way you said, you know, the fact that you that your favorite pizza shop is closed. And that's true. I always I also read these things on social media. I think, are you fucked in your head to complain about arbitrary bullshit like this? Well, there are millions of people who are not eating today. I get so, so angry. I, I went through a period when I seriously had to sit myself down and say, okay, you need to you need to now apply some strategies in your life. Because I got so I got so caught up in this debate between relaxing lockups so that economic activity can can come alive again and knowing that people are going to die because of that. Or do we keep the economy locked down and save lives? And I got so drawn into this that I eventually had to sit down and say, okay, Freddie, what the fuck is actually going on for you, you know? And the decision I made was rules are rules. The government makes a decision. It's not me. So so why, why the hell am I breaking my head about it? <laughs> it's not important how I feel about it. The important thing is that it is what it is. And since that day, my emotional well-being and, and mental health has picked up significantly as well. So, Maribel, what do, what do you think might be the might be the impact that the coronavirus is going to have on life forward. Is the world going to look differently when we when we open our doors again one day and breathe in the fresh air? <laughs> Most people are too fucking dumb and retarded to learn out of mistakes. And I think that uh, as a species, uh, we're going to go back to the status quo quite quickly. And I think certain individuals scattered around the world is going to learn from this and they're going to actually implement change. A lot of them are going to go back to where they were and some people are going to continue with certain life lessons. I think unfortunately as humans, we're just not really designed to remember what bad behavior did what to our psyche no. and our well-being. I think no. it's, un- it's just very unfortunate. Like um, I spoke to a guy yesterday and the thing was, like, if you take wild animals or, like, wild, a pack of wild dogs, the best thing they did for their species was to become tame and let humans look after them. Because as a species, that meant that they will survive for the rest of their life. But as individual dogs, they are going through a nightmare where their owners aren't walking with them, aren't giving them attention. So as a species, it's a great move forward. For individuals, it's terrible. So I think 
Unfortunately, our species is just not designed. Listen, we had the economic crash in 2008. A few years before that, something happened. And it seems that every 10 years, every 15 years, something happens. And they were like, oh, okay. But you know what I mean? It's like uh, South Africa won the World Cup uh, rugby last year, I think. And then yeah. everyone was not racist for 24 hours. Everyone yeah. was uh, not <laughs> trying to stab and steal from each other for 24 hours and it was the most wonderful place on earth and then fucking i stopped paying you overtime again 24 hours after that i took you off in the road and we're just not smart enough as a species to really uh, take to heart some of the life lessons so i think uh, i don't really think it will have a long-term impact and um I think certain individuals will learn from this in varying degrees. It's like when my brother died a few years ago, I went crazy with exercise. I was like 20, 40 hours exercise a week. Live life because you might die at any moment and fucking blah, 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 blah. But that only lasts so long. And then you need yeah. some new inspiration and motivation to substantiate why you are doing something. And it's almost like you need... You need regular reminders uh, for why you are doing something. Yeah. And uh, I don't think as a species, uh, as a community, as a society, as countries, as nations, as democracies, as whatever there will be, the, I don't think this will be severe enough mm -hmm. for us to really take a look at ourselves and say, fuck, you know what? We need to change. Yeah. I, I love the way <laughs> that we 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 both think the end result is going to, to to be the same, but just how we express that, you know, people are too retarded. <laughs> well, I, well, I'll say this, you know what, people people are just resistant to change generally. You know? <laughs> but anyway, Marva, and that is that is all I wanted to discuss with you today for Meet Me in the Field. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for your time and energy. So thank you very much and have an awesome rest of your afternoon. But we're going to connect now on another level. So I'll meet you with the orangutans. See ya. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Ciao. Our last, but surely not the least, guest today is Michael. He is the 76th presenter of the 26th July 2018 offering, which was episode 46. I'm very happy that Michael agreed to talk to us at Meet Me in the Field again. Michael is retired from his position as Dean Professor at the Hazelden Betty Ford Graduate School of Addiction Studies, but retains a small patient group at Hospital Care of America, Miami, Florida. Michael talks us from Florida in lockdown. This is his take on what's going on. Enjoy. Michael, good afternoon here and good evening there. How are you? Good morning there. How are you good doing? Good morning for sure, yes. <laughs> How are things in Miami, Florida? Well, you know, we're in one of the major epicenters of the virus, um, and uh, we've been um, staying at home now for eight weeks. Wow. Um, <clears throat> just imagine, if you can, a, a place that has beautiful beaches and people from all over the world come here, and how difficult it is to stop them from doing that. Yeah. And because Miami is a gateway from both South America and Europe, we've had all sorts of people. Mm. Uh, and so that sort of counts to what, why things are so uh, difficult here at, the, at this point. Okay. Uh, we, is, is New York still the worst? The, the, the worst yeah, heat the, on, the, on your well, side? The, the, uh, the tri-state, which is New York, uh, Connecticut, and New Jersey, have, they're the only three states in the United States that have got to this place where they flattened the curve. And not only did they flatten the curve, but they reduced the amount of cases and they reduced the amount of deaths. Okay. Every other one of the states has not been able to do that yet. Oh, wow. And what did those three do? To manage that? Well, there was uh, excellent management uh, with uh, governments, and the governors of those three states actually got together 
which was a wonderful thing. Yeah. And they came up with how they could share um, products that they all needed. So, for instance, if New York had uh, more swabs and New Jersey didn't have it, then they would send them over swabs. In okay. other words, they worked as a group as opposed yeah. to how the other states in the United States are not necessarily doing that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. So it just shows again that cooperation is, is, is better than trying to stand on your own two bloody feet. <laughs> you know, I think that's always been true, Freddie. I really <laughs> think that's always been true. But some people just have to learn that over and over again until it strikes. You yeah. know? And, and, yeah. and unfortunately, at this stage, we, we, we're learning through losing lives. Yes. Absolutely. And, 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 what, and what a price to pay. I mean, in South Africa, we're busy with this debate of, I can nearly call it what, how many rands is a life worth? Because right. we've got the two schools and you've got the same, shouting open the country for the economy to go and another school that says, no, we need to save lives. Yeah. And, and I, I read a very interesting article this morning of um, Melani Verwoerd, strange enough, the granddaughter of, of Hendrik Verwoerd, the, 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 the guy who, 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 I'm going to call it, manufactured um, apartheid. Um, ah. And she used to be an ANC parliamentarian and um, uh -huh. ambassador to Ireland at some stage. So she now uh, um, does a column for News 24. And she wrote, it's an interesting debate. What is a life worth right. until you run the risk, of, the risk of losing that life? Because her daughter, actually a whole family tested positive for, for COVID-19. They uh -huh. were at a wedding right in the beginning. And her daughter got it the worst. And she actually had to be taken up in a hospital. And she, she, she writes an article what it felt like to drop her off at the hospital you can't, you, because you can't go in. I'm actually getting goosebumps. You can't go in. And then thinking, is this the last time I'm seeing my daughter? Uh, then you start thinking, what is a life with <laughs> so, 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 so it's such an amazing amazing d d debate and i went through through a debate in my head as well and eventually i just realized that i'm going i'm making myself insane do i have any power over the decisions that government make no mm -hmm. so what's the best accept <laughs> so i moved over to acceptance and since then my head is far quieter and my mental state better so mm -hmm. having been locked up for eight weeks, what, what's your mental state like? How, how are you feeling? What, what are you thinking? I mean, well, you're, you know, you're a mental health practitioner, so, so you must be quite aware of what's going on for you. Basically, um, what happened was uh, when I'm in Florida, which is five me uh, months out of the year, I actually work at a hospital, a uh, local hospital, very large corporation. Uh, and we started to um, get some COVID patients in. And I sat down with my team and I said, look, and most of the team is uh, uh, much younger than me. Dr. D, you have got to go home. <laughs> okay. We don't want to lose you. And um, I think it's time that you said goodbye to all of us and go home. And when it's safe for you to come back, we want you to come back. So that yeah. was my exit out okay. of about a week and a half before um, the so-called lockdown happened. Okay. So I've been here for a very long time. Oh, my word. And one, one of the things that happened initially was that I, had, I was feeling conflicted and I didn't really understand what the confliction was about. And then it came to me. I was experiencing grief and loss there were so many things that were different now than were even two weeks ago at that time when, I, when the light bulb went off for yeah. me. All of a sudden, I was not with the team and I was not doing what it is that I do this time of year. And um, now I'm home and I don't have any connection with human beings live. Yeah. My connection with people is zoom and while that's thank god for it, yeah. it it's not sufficient I and mean. even my neighbors are all locked up i have a i live in a condominium and we're always talking out we're always outside talk nobody's doing that anymore mm -hmm. there are there's only one day a week 
that I can go to get groceries and then oh, I'm limited to an hour to do that. Mm. And I could go on to tell you yeah. all the different things that I was able to identify as a loss. You, I think yeah. that was the, be I think that was, uh, Freddie, I think that was the beginning of me understanding that it was action time for me. Yeah. So one of the things when I'm, feeling losses is to reconnect with uh, the uh, with nature and so I started to do a when nobody was around uh, going out in the earth just before the Sun came up and going out and walking a wonderful time of day the birds chipping chirping mm. and the ducks walking by and the trees and the smell of of the sea and all of that was available to me. And I started to feel more comfortable with what I had to do. I'm also, I'm not a cook. And all of a sudden I'm cooking <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's mostly not so hot, <laughs> but, but I'm doing it. So I'm, I'm doing, I'm spending an enormous amount of time on the telephone talking to people, yeah. uh, trying to get that closeness, that experience of intimacy with a friend back. Yeah. I really miss that. And, and doing other things. I mean, all of a sudden I found out how to clean my bathroom. I never did that before. <laughs> I mean, I can't have anybody in the house anymore. Yeah. So I have to do everything that's in the house has to be, I have to do it. And it's fun because I now am, you know, knowing what a what Clorox is for, <laughs> and and things and those kinds of things. So I'm trying to stay on top of it. And I must tell you that I'm doing this, and I'm doing the very best I can. But I'm not certain how long I can maintain this. Yeah. And of course, we hear we hear some uh, discussion about loosening up some of the. The, way, the ways that we're, we're uh, staying at home here in the States. But the truth of the matter is people are still dying out there mm. and loosening these things is probably suicidal. So it's going to take a much longer time. I can't get on a plane. Mm. I, don't, I don't drive more than a couple of miles. Oh, by the way, I love driving now is becoming those little moments <laughs> of behind the with the wind blowing in the, in the air. Is so fabulous. <laughs> and this so, is also a beautiful time of the year. In yes, it Miami. is. It, so, so, so it is. Want to do is we're out. approaching now, the hurricane season begins on June 1st. Now, this oh, is not word. pleasant. And this is when I would normally go to the northern part of the United States, yeah. near Canada, for the next couple of months before I would come to you yeah. in South Africa. But none of that is in the cards now. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and those are losses that you're mourning as well. The loss of your freedom, the loss of your different environments, of your different friends, of your different connections in those environments. Oh. It's so true, Freddie. It really is so true. And yet, I understand clearly that this is not forever. Yeah. I've been in situations that were difficult for myself, knowing that there would be a bright cloud down the road. And this is just one more of them. I just want to yeah. say one thing about this. One of the things that I tell my patients, uh, especially the older ones, the older adults, is that the ones who are successful in living life on life's terms are the ones who can adapt to their day-to-day -day existence. And in that context is how a life is work is lived well and yeah. so i've decided to take my own advice <laughs> so, sometimes more difficult than we think it is right? it's a, <laughs> actually it's a pain in the butt but, but uh, no i think it's a pain in the narcissistic personality is what it really is but i'm making lemonade i'm doing the very best thing i can do until there is a change remember this came on very quickly the onset of this was yeah. very quick and i'm guessing that the other side of this is going to be very slow yes and so i'm going to want to capitalize on whatever the slow pieces become is that's what i'm going to do and that's just 
to round up what you were at the second part of what you were asking I don't have a crystal ball about what's coming down the road but I know it's going to be different than it was for yeah. that I am absolutely sure in so many ways that I can't even think about it right now okay. and I find myself willing to be a willing participant in this new normal whatever it might be and again make the very best of it that yes. I possibly can. What more can I do, right? Wonderful. Yeah. So I get a few pictures in my head. One is um, recipe books by Julia Childs to read. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> <laughs> is it. Isn't there a movie, something like Stepford Wives or something like that? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's an old American film, yes. <laughs> so so the, 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 there's another two hours to kill for you. <laughs> You can become the perfect house person after this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Who expected it? You know, I never really did. <laughs> and, and, and we all do, do love to strive for perfection, don't we? So you can, have the, you can cook the perfect meals, have the perfect clean house, <laughs> write, write, write blogs about the, the best way to clean your mirrors and behind your whatever. <laughs> So, yeah, so all of that. And, Talk uh, about the new normal. <laughs> right. yeah. If we don't laugh about these things, we're going to cry. So, so, so we'll, have to, we'll have to see the, the, the amusing part of it. But, Michael, I'm going to stop it there because you've just thrown everything that I wanted to know in one. So what I'm hearing from you in, in one go is that this is not easy. No. But it is about accepting what is. It's about making the best of, of the best you can on a day-to-day -day basis and being more than willing to embrace the new normal. Yes. Awesome. Amen. <laughs> Fabulous. That was absolutely wonderful. So nice chatting to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you later tonight again. You know, I, I just want you to know I miss you and I can't wait to give you a hug. Oh, thank and, you so much. <laughs> and I believe that that might not come now or soon. <sighs> But it will come. Well, I actually nearly, nearly cried earlier when you were talking. You, you, really, you really touched my soul. So thank you so, so, so much. I really appreciate it. And what big, a pleasure. Big cyber hug to you as well. Okay. I'll see awesome. you tonight. Look after yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. I'm still in awe when I think of how this virus has its tentacles in all parts of the world and how it is wreaking havoc everywhere. I'm also amazed at how small the world has become in how easy it is to hook up with our friends all over the world. Isn't it awesome? What I find interesting about this episode is the very take of our guests on the world post-COVID-19. I love how we each have an opinion and have a right to express that opinion and how we at Meet Me in the Field respects these opinions and creates a platform for the non-judgment of these opinions. I want to thank Julie, Mandy, Marva and Michael from the bottom of my heart for their contributions to this episode of Meet Me in the Field. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at, at @RensburgFreddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.